0: How you doing, Riverside? Welcome to Youth Sunday, and it's a little bit different today, but it's exciting to see all these young people up here on the stage. Amen? Come on, let's give it up for them. All right, so how many of you guys are ready to meet with Jesus today, to spend some time with him and hear from him? All right, I'm excited for that. Hey, let's put our hands out like this, and I'm just going to pray for you that God would speak to you this morning, And that you'd be blessed in this time as we're about to enter into looking into his word. Father God, I thank you for today. And Lord Jesus, I thank you for the generation that you're raising up. But I also thank you for the generation that's gone before us, Lord God. Those that have prepared the way. And Lord Jesus, I pray today, God, as we honor them, Lord God, that you would bless each and every person in this place, God. I pray that you'd speak to us. And I pray that you'd give us something, Lord, more than what we came in with, Jesus, that we'd be blessed by you. We thank you for your word. It's the truth, Lord God. And I just pray that it would go deep down in our hearts today. I pray that your anointing would come right now and speak to every person, God. We want to be changed by you, Jesus. And so speak to us now. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody sit. Amen. 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 All right, so it's great to see you guys this morning. It's great to be here at Riverside. And today... On You Sunday, we're going to be talking about what God is doing in the next generation. And I'm here to tell you that great things are coming. Amen? Great things are coming. God is about to do a great thing on the earth. So how many of you guys are excited about that, excited about what God is about to do? All right, I don't believe you yet. So hopefully we will uh, share this word with you and you guys will be more more excited about that. But, you know, God is preparing us. He's preparing us for something great. And we've been going through a series started last week by Pastor Andy called Jesus Is. And this series is going to be very critical to what God's going to do here at Riverside in the next few years. And it's going to be great. So today we're going to look at what Jesus is doing in this generation. And in doing that, he's preparing us for what's to come. And so we're going to look at that word. Preparing three times because he's preparing us for something. And the first thing we're going to look at is Jesus is preparing us to lead. And that's for all of us. It's not just for me or any of the pastors here. It's God's calling all of us to lead. And you might think, well, Pastor Joe, I'm not a leader. I don't have leadership bones in my body. I'm not ready for that. I'm I'm not going to do that. In fact, I'd rather just Sit down here and listen. That's what I want to do. And I'm going to tell you something that even though you might not consider yourself a leader, people are watching you. People are watching you. Your your boss is watching you. Your coworkers are watching you. People are wanting to see a person who loves Jesus and how they live. And so every day we're able to live like Jesus everywhere we go and so we're literally Leading people to Jesus everywhere we go. Isn't that exciting? As we just live out our faith, we're leading people to Jesus. Amen? So how many of you guys believe today, and I hope you believe, that Jesus is preparing you to lead? And we're going to look in the Bible at a guy named David. And so before we look in the Bible, I just want to give a little bit about this guy. David was one of the greatest leaders in the Bible. He was. And the time when he came about, David uh, was a little boy. He was just a little boy. In fact, he was the youngest boy in his family. So how many are here that are the youngest in the family? Okay. Yeah, that can be good because you're the baby and so you get everything, right? But it also can be a struggle because your brothers and sisters sometimes don't treat you right. Well, in the same way, David was one of those boys. And so we're going to pick it up. In 1 Samuel 17, uh, 1 Samuel 16, and this is what happens. In verse Samuel 16, verse 11, it says, Then Samuel asked, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he is out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. And so this is what's going on. Samuel was called to go choose the next king. And when he went to choose the next king, he went to Jesse's house. God spoke to him and said, go to Jesse's house, and that's where you're going to find the next king. The problem is that he went over, Samuel went over seven different boys in the family, from the oldest to the youngest, and every time he passed by them, God said, that's not the one. That's not the one. That's not the one. Seven times. And finally, we come to this scripture, and Samuel's like, don't you have any more kids? I'm looking for one of your sons, and I haven't found him yet. God hasn't said yes to any of these boys. And they said, well, there is David, you know. But he's just a little shepherd boy, and he's just washing the sheep. And so Samuel says, bring him in, bring him in. And guess what? That was going to be the next king. The youngest was going to be the next king. You know, in the Bible, and as I studied about this, I found out that A lot of the times, shepherds were the youngest, were the children. And we can learn a lot from God about studying what shepherds do. In fact, last week, Pastor Andy did an awesome job talking about sheep, right? And that we're supposed to leave the 99 to go get the one. Remember that? That was an awesome word from God, wasn't it? Come on, let's give it up for Pastor Andy. He did a great job in describing that. And that showed us the Father's heart, that he loved us enough that he would leave the 99 to find us, the one. And so also, as I was studying about this, I found out that a lot of times the shepherds were probably one of three people. They were either the children or the youth, the women, or the elderly. And you might be like, well, why was that? Because they considered this a lowly job, a job that basically anybody could do. You know, and I'm not trying to offend anybody today, but basically, I want you guys to know that this job was an easy job. But you know what? In that job, there was a lot of lessons to be learned. You know, one of the lessons I learned this week about that is that the elderly run the church. And maybe you're not feeling like you're the elderly, but I'm, basically, I know a lot of grandmas that are awesome. And I'm going to tell you guys something. Grandmas run the church. Amen. Grandmas are the people that we look to. That's the generation we look to. Come on, let's give it up for the grandmas. Yeah. Let's give it up for them. And also, you might look at this and God already also kind of spoke to me is that if it's not for the grandmas, it's also for the women. Because if we didn't have the women in our church, where would we be? You know what I'm saying? In fact, this morning We asked all the youth to get here bright and early at 8 o'clock. And guess what? They were all girls. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm going to tell you guys something. Men, we are challenged by these women because the women do all the work in the church. So let's give it up for the women. Yeah. Come on, guys. But in the same way that God uses the grandma and the grandpas and God uses the women, God also is using the youth. In fact, he's not just using the youth, but he's speaking mightily to the youth about their lives. And so we're about to see a video about a young person that was spoken to during Mission Peoria about what God wanted him to do. And so check out this video from my friend, Dane.
1: Basketball has kind of been something that has defined me as a person. Like I've done with it all my life. I've growing up playing with my friends, my brother, my dad, it's... I played in grade school, middle school, high school, it's... I found great value in it, I, even, I enjoyed it so much. Yeah, I've been playing basketball for... since I was five, and I felt God leading up to Mission Pure, He was laying on my heart that I needed to just fast and give it up, just Showing these little signs throughout the way, and I guess Mission Pure kind of confirmed it with one of the speakers. He gave this great message, and it really spoke to me through God. And that was—it's was a very hard decision by me, and like I find it hard to like tell the coach and stuff. But in the end, I think it was for the greater glory for God and what I needed to do for Him. My coach—he was very supportive of it. He—he he was a Christian too, so I was kind of blessed in that way because he was very understanding when I told him that. It was the decision I'm going to make, and he said he just gave me some time to think about it. and Of course, he wanted me to play, but I just felt the need to not play for a year, and he very understanding. He still talks to me now, and in my time off, I've been able to enjoy life in a different perspective. I've been able to spend more time with God, and don't get me wrong, it's still been hard to read my Bible and stuff like that. I've slipped up a couple of times. And temptations are still there from school and stuff, but it's just a little bit less than what it was with basketball and like I I've been able to like spend more time at one and work with Pastor Joe and different people, like it's really been a growing time for me and a growing process and one has really helped that and I think it's a great time to like worship and get to know like other kids, other Christians and stuff like that. What I'm hoping to get out of this year is really just to go back and minister to them and the coaches already told me that I'd be able to come back so I think it would be a great opportunity for me to show them the light of God and help them grow with me and hoping that they're accepting of God and that they don't deny Him because He's everything and He's so good to us and I'm just really hoping that what I learned in these next few months and what I'm learning now is that we will just let me take it into my teammates and my fellow students, just show them the
0: light. Yeah, let's give it up for Dane. You know, the awesome thing is, uh, I remember the time when God spoke to Dane. He was sitting over there in the corner during Mission Peoria, and that morning, the Holy Spirit moved in his life in such a way that he was just bawling his eyes out, because he knew that God was asking him to give up a year of playing basketball, which was one of the things he loved to do. And in doing that, God is preparing him to lead. And I believe next year when he goes back on the team, that he's gonna lead a bunch of people to Jesus, hopefully hundreds and thousands to Jesus. So this is what God is doing in this generation. Come on, guys. So God is preparing us to lead, but Jesus is also preparing us to bring him glory. You know what? Um, A lot of times we can look at our lives and we can not, maybe not understand what we're going through. But all the things that we're going through is preparing us for the call that God has our life. You know, in the Bible, there was a guy named Joseph that went through a bunch of things that he didn't understand. And those were all things that helped lead him to Jesus and get him ready to prepare for glory. So in Genesis 41, we find out about Joseph. He's in prison. And while he's in prison, he's going through a pretty difficult time. And during this time, what happens is the Pharaoh, the man in charge, has a crazy dream. And in this dream, there's people that don't know how to interpret it. And they go around and they find, they go around all the world, and all the land to find somebody who could interpret this dream. And while they're asking, who could interpret this dream? No one could. And so the butler stood up and said, I know someone who can interpret that dream. I know someone that I met in prison that has God's word that can interpret that dream. Now, I don't know what you're going through today, but God spoke to me earlier today and also through the weekend and basically said, there's going to be people here this weekend that would say, I don't really understand what's going on in my life. In fact, what God put on my heart is that there's going to be people here that basically say right now in my life, this isn't what I planned. I didn't plan this, God. And right now you're asking questions, God, why am I going through a difficult time like Joseph? You know, Joseph was in prison and he was in prison, not because of something that he did. Basically he was falsely accused of rape And because he was falsely accused of rape, he found himself in prison. And I don't know about you, but I've never been in prison, but I just assume that would be the lowest of the low place. But even though he was there in that low place, God was still with him. And I want you to know, and God wants you to know today, even though you might be going through the worst thing that you've ever experienced, God is with you. He is right there with you. In fact, maybe today, It's not that bad of a thing you're going through, but you just look at your life and be like, how did I get here? How did I get here? How did I get in Peoria? You might be like, what am I doing here? It's snowing every day. I wish I wasn't here. I wish I was somewhere else. But God's here today telling you, you can do it. You can bear the cross of living in Peoria. No, it's not that bad. But you're doing it for my glory. And through this difficult time, God is going to show you what he's called you to do. And in the end, he's going to lead you to do things for his glory. And so Joseph is sitting in prison. And while he's sitting in prison, this is what happens. He's called before the Pharaoh. And in Genesis 41, 16, this is what it says. Joseph says this, it is beyond my power to do this, Joseph replied. But God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. The phrase that I want to really highlight here, it says, it's it's beyond my power. It's beyond my power to do this. You know, this year, guys, um, I've been praying a simple prayer. And the simple prayer is, God, do something in my life. I want to be a part of something that only you could get the glory. That's not about Pastor Joe. It's not about what I've done or what I'm able to do. It's something that only God can do. That people would look back and be like, wow, that was God. And I don't know about you, but that's my prayer. How many guys would pray that with me, that that's your prayer for your life, that God do something in my life that only you could receive the glory? And when we get to the place in our lives where we're able to say that, God, I want to walk out something that only you can get the glory, that's when he begins to move. And so I'm going to show you a video about a guy. And before we play it, I just want to talk a little about, about this guy. His name's Justin. And Justin was coming out of high school, and he really didn't know what to do. He had gone through a difficult life, and he got to the point after high school where he was like, I don't know what to do. I have this on my heart to do, but I don't know how to do it. And so I'm going to join something called Ace Teams. And Ace Teams is a year-long program for young people that we've designed here at the church for them to find God and find God for what he wants them to do. And through that experience, God sent him into a whole new way of life. And he's about to share that story. So here's my friend, Justin Sidney.
2: Hi, my name is Justin Sidney. Um, I'm a worship leader here and a youth leader at Riverside. And uh, my life kind of started off uh, pretty rough. I was really poor. Our family struggled to get by and, just to have food or to live somewhere. So my life was kinda like money based. And I thought that I have to be popular and I have to make a lot of money to be something in life. But I found God and he took care of me and my emotions. Maybe not my money, but my life. And there came a time in my life where I had to choose if I was gonna hang out with my old friends who were just Decided to do drugs and have sex, or was I going to continue to go to church? And I made that tough decision in life to not hang out with them. And for the longest time, I had nothing, and I had no one to hang out with. So I picked up music and practiced it, and felt like I should play it. And eventually, I got pretty good at the bass guitar and played for our church at Riverside. Uh, but didn't quite grip me. I wanted money and I wanted to make something of myself. So once I graduated, my plans were to go to school and get a good job and to get a lot of money with whatever that might be. But my youth pastor, Corey Blair, convinced me otherwise and asked me to uh, join a program called ACE Teams, which is what we do here. I was opposed to it at first, but eventually I ended up joining and it was probably one of the toughest years of my life. And at that point, God was just breaking me and turning me into something that I never thought I could be. After I got out of ACE teams, uh, I decided to keep working here at my church, volunteering, just being a, a good youth leader and a good student to God, but still working really hard at my normal job, trying to get enough money to go to school, through that time, I decided that I feel like I should be singing and, and playing. I taught myself how to play and sort of how to sing. And I just played for women's Bible studies. And I just did really small things. And all I really wanted to do was, was to know more about God, to worship and, and to sing to Him. Through. Through all of that, I just kept going, kept trying to live my life for him more and more. And Ace Team's taught me that, you know, whatever it is you're going through, whatever struggle it is, you press into God and he'll always take care of you. So that's what I did. And eventually I kept working harder and harder. And I got to a point where I said, you know, Lord, I don't care what it is I do. I'm still going to worship you with my life. I don't care how much money I have. I'm still going to worship you. And eventually, God brought me up into the stage of Riverside and to play here and to play at other places. And you know, I always think of this verse: it's Second uh, Corinthians four sixteen, where it says, "Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing you for eternal glory." When I think about that, I know that. My glory is in heaven with God. Since I've devoted my life and even my time and my mind to God, He's used me to reach out to the youth here at Riverside and on the street. And I see kids who have gone through similar things that I have and God used me to bless them. And through that, He blesses me through them. And My life is now forever changed, and he is taking me further than I ever thought I could go. I still may not have the fame or the money, but I do know that God is preparing me still for a great amount of glory through my faithfulness and my love for him.
0: It's pretty cool. Uh, Justin wouldn't brag on himself like this, but I don't know if you guys know, but we see Justin lead up here. Doesn't he do an amazing job leading us in worship? And I'm going to tell you guys something. He, he didn't take one music lesson ever. He based, God basically taught him how to play, how to sing, how to play instruments. It's all for God's glory. Amen. Look at what God's doing. It's for his glory. And so here's Joseph, and he goes before the pharaoh, And this is what happens. In that one moment, as he goes before the Pharaoh and interprets the dream, God gives him the interpretation of the dream, then guess what happens? He goes from prison to being second in charge in Egypt. He's been placed second in charge in Egypt. And just like that, God can do it. God can change your circumstances just like that if you trust him and remain faithful. So I'm going to tell you guys something. God is preparing us to bring him glory. He's going to do awesome things. And the last thing we're going to look at today is Jesus is preparing us to reign. And the last person that we're going to look at is a man named Moses in the Bible. If you look at Moses, Moses was called to do an awesome thing. In fact, Moses experienced probably more miracles than anybody in the Bible. I don't know if you guys saw the movie, you know, where it has Moses putting the stick in the ground, and all of a sudden the waters part and a bunch of people walk on dry ground. Have you ever seen that movie or ever heard that story? Raise your hand if you have. Isn't that an amazing story that that Moses parted the Red Sea? But you know what? Moses didn't part the Red Sea. Who parted the Red Sea? God did. God did. And many more miracles happened in Moses' life as he began to set out to lead people out of Egypt. The crazy part is that Moses was leading those people to a promised land a land that God wanted to give his people. And in the same way, I'm going to tell you guys something. Jesus is leading you too. Jesus is leading you to a promised land for your life. He has great plans for your life. Anybody believe that today, that God has great plans for your life? Come on. But along the way, this is what happened. They got close to the promised land. In fact, it was only a short distance from Egypt to the promised land. And they sent in 12 spies to spy out the land. And as they went into the land, they saw that it was awesome. You know, it had the best stuff, like buffalo wild wings, and it had Mountain Dew, and, like, it was just great. It was, that, that's, that's my best stuff, okay? I'm, not, I'm trying not to eat it as much, you know, trying to eat healthy. But it had the best of the best stuff in the promised land. The problem was that there was these huge, big giants in the way. And they got afraid of the giants. And so they said, we can't go in there. There's no way we can do it. And so 10 of the spies came back and started to complain. Now, I'm going to tell you guys something. Complaining is probably the worst thing we can do between us and God. And, and I'm going to tell you guys something. God wants us not to complain, but to believe. Amen? Not to complain, because when we begin to complain, we basically kill The work of the Lord. Amen. So I want to encourage you guys, as we go forward, not to complain, but to get excited about what God is going to do. Because this is what happened. These 10 guys that started to complain, started a complaining fest. And everybody started to complain. And because everybody started to complain, this is what happened. God sent his judgment on his people. So let's read real quick in Numbers chapter 14. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. It's also going to be on the screens. But it says this in verse 26. Then Lord said to Moses and Aaron, how long must I put up with this wicked community and its complaints about me? You see, God basically said, I'm going to give you an awesome life. Just do what I'm telling you to do. Go possess the land. Instead, they complained about the giants. Yes, I have heard the complaints the Israelites are making against me. Now tell them, this, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. You will all drop dead in this wilderness because you are complained against me. Every one of you who is 20 years old or older was included in the registration will die. You will not enter and occupy the land I swore to give you. The only exceptions will be Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. So this was God, God saying, None of you are going to get to experience the promised land but because you complained. In fact, this is what they said. We're tired of following you, Moses. We'd rather go back to Egypt. In fact, we'd rather just die right here. You know, sometimes we get there in life where we're just like, I wish I could just die. I'm just tired of life. And that's what they said. And so God said, okay, you're going to die. In fact, you're not only going to die, but you're going to wander around for the next 40 years wandering around, not listening to me. So I'm just going to let you do what you want to do. Now, this is a decision point. Moses was the leader, and he could have just quit. He could have just said, forget this, God. I'm not going to follow these people around for the next 40 years. In fact, I'm not going to lead them, this complaining bunch of people. I'm not going to do that. But no, this is what Moses did. He prayed. and He didn't just pray, but he prayed for those people that he was going to lead. And the other thing I believe Moses did was he said, I'm going to give back. I'm not going to experience the promised land, but those people that are 20 years old and younger, I'm going to pour my life into them. I'm going to believe greater for them than for me. How many of you guys believe that what's coming, the young people that are being raised up, this is my belief, that they're going to do far greater than me or anybody else ever did. Okay, it's quiet here. In fact, this passage, when I read that a few years ago, I read this passage a few years ago, and it revolutionized my my life because I put myself in Moses' shoes. In fact, God spoke to me and said, you're like Moses, Joe. Your call is to raise up the next generation, and you might not get to experience what they're going to experience, but you're going to see them and you're going to cheer them on and you're going to help them and you're going to be there when they cry and you're going to be there when they go through tough things and you're going to be there to help them get there. And it might take 40 years, but you're going to be there with them, helping them get to the promised land. The crazy thing is this year I turned 42. Okay. And I've spent my life helping the next generation get to where God is calling them to go. And I'm going to tell you something. If we stand back and begin to cheer them on and help them, God's going to do awesome things, not only in your life, but my life. I'm going to tell you something. The reason why I do youth ministry is not just because I love hanging out till 2 in the morning, because I'm going to tell you something. I get tired. I can't do that anymore. I can't stay up till 2 in the morning anymore. But the reason why I do, because every time I see young people worshiping, every time I see them do what they're called to do, I get excited. I'm going to tell you guys just a minute, and I'm, I'm going to take just a little time. I don't, I'm going to take a little time to tell you about who's on the stage. There's a kid up here named Clay King who's a junior hire that played lead guitar this morning. You know, and the reason why we don't have junior high service anymore, because we believe more for the junior hires today. We're challenging them to do greater things than we could ever do. You know, I don't know about you, but when I was in junior high, I was playing with Legos. I wasn't thinking about playing guitar. You know what I'm saying? Katie, who sang that song, Oceans, didn't she do an amazing job singing that song? This girl has become an awesome worship leader, and she's gone through a difficult life, and she just cries out to Jesus. She actually writes songs to Jesus. That's what God is doing in this next generation, okay? And I could go on and on and on about people and, what God's calling them to be. But not only are they doing awesome things, they're also going through tough stuff. There's many kids that sit over here and come to the Dream Center that don't have their parents sending them to youth events, don't have their parents picking them up and dropping them off. They're needy, guys. We have a generation that's growing up without moms and dads. And so, guys, what is God calling the church to do? to rise up and be the moms and dads, to be the grandmas and grandpas, to get behind them. And that's what we're called to do. And so I'm about to show you a video of a woman that's my hero, that's given her life to this too. And not only is she pouring into young people's life, she pours into my life. And every time I get to spend around her, I feel blessed. And so check out this video from Mama D.
3: Good morning, Riverside family. Um, My name is Dee, known to some as Mama Dee. Um, I retired from the Virginia government in 2005 after 30 years of service. At that time, God was preparing a new thing in my life. God called a move, calling me to move from the East Coast to the, the Midwest. I started with youth ministry prior to that, After my daughter went off to college, the Lord said, Mama D, I'm going to bless you with a number of children. Well, actually, I thought that word was for someone else, and I was approached by our youth pastor in Virginia, and he said that night during the service, he says, Mama D, will you come over to help us um, with some of the kids? Because they had a large amount of youth that night. And that night when I went over to the church, And I walked in, I saw the teenagers worshiping and praising God and standing together, crying out for the Lord, going hard after him. And I remembered the Lord spoke to my heart, remember this children I told you about, Dee? These are your kids. These are your spiritual children. I'm calling you and preparing you just to encourage them and to stand in a place of prayer with them. And to this day, it's been about 13 years going hard after God with the teens God is preparing them for a new thing in their lives and God is calling my generation to run alongside with the teens. It's kind of like Moses in the day of Moses. God prepared him for the next generation and today Moses is reigning with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So I can be thankful that even in all of this God is moving. He's moving among his people. Sometimes I think I get caught up in serving and serving, but seeking the Lord wholeheartedly and say, Lord, what would you have me do for this season? And he said, just to pour into my teen children, D, just to go hard after them. Some of those kids are in challenging places in their walk with the Lord, but God is just doing a new thing in them. So I'm thankful to be able to be a part of their lives and continue to serve in team ministry. It makes me think about the verse in Psalms 89.1, the word of the Lord says I will begin, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known your faithfulness to all generations. God is doing an amazing thing among his church and I'm just proud to be a part of that. Even as I was driving over um, the overpass heading to the Dream Center, looking at the words, Jesus is. It reminds me that as Jesus is, so am I in this world. Come on, let's give it up for Mama D.
0: One of the things she spoke that really stood out to me in that video is, God has called us to run alongside the youth. That's the picture of the church, that we run alongside each other. And there's going to be one day when we pass the baton on to the next generation and we cheer them on. We cheer them on for great things, and we begin to sit back and say, wow, look at what they're doing. Look at what God is leading us to. And that's basically what Moses did. He, cheer, he cheered on Joshua and Caleb, and they were the men that led Israelites into the promised land but what happened to Moses (laughs) yeah he didn't get to experience the promised land he died he didn't get to go in but what happened some years later a man came on the scene his name was Jesus (laughs) how many guys love Jesus I don't know about you but I love him And right before Jesus went to die, he took a few of the disciples and went up to the mountain to pray. And guess who was there? Not just Jesus, but Moses and Elijah showed up in glory, eternal. See, Moses' life lived on. He lives in heaven today. He reigns and rules with Jesus in heaven. In fact, the word of God says in 2 Timothy 2.12, if we endured hardship, We will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. Revelation 26 says this. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For them, the second death holds no power. But they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. You know, the other day I was praying. I turned 42 this year. I was thinking about me and my wife. And I'm just thinking man, I am so blessed to have a godly woman beside me that will be mar- married for 13 years this year. And I thought about it, I prayed this prayer, God, please give us 40 years, 40 good years of marriage. And I did the math and I was like, man, that's only 27 more years. Well, let's have longer than that, God. I want longer than that. But I prayed, God, give us 40 good years Marriage, And so I start thinking about it. My time is short, guys. My time on earth is short. Your time on earth is short. But our eternity is forever. It says here that we'll reign for a thousand years. We're going to reign with Jesus for eternity. So my challenge to you today is not to live for this earth, but to live for there. Let's pour our lives into there. Let's pour our lives into the next generation. And then they're going to pour their lives into the next generation. And then we're going to be in heaven together. You know, the Word of God said that those who were 20 years and older didn't get to go to the Promised Land. I'm sure they were pretty sad. In fact, around my house, we use this word salty. They were salty. You know what I'm saying? I don't get to go. I'm salty. You know what I'm saying? They were salty. But, you know, Moses, although he didn't go to the promised land, he poured his life into the next generation. So here's what I want us to do today. I want everyone who's 20 years old and older to please stand. 20 years old and older to please stand. Because that's me. I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm not young anymore. I wish I was. Look at this, guys. This is the majority of us. This is the majority of our church. So we need to do better to reach the next generation. That's my challenge too. But God wants you to take a step of faith today. He wants to speak to you about your life. Some of you, I believe, he's going to transform and change your whole future. And it's going to start today because of the decision you make. So let's bow our heads. Let's just close our eyes and focus on Jesus. It's his time. And if you're with me and with God, and you're wanting to make a stand today to help the next generation, you want to be like Mama D. You want to be like Moses. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. and just saying, that's me. I want to be a helper of the next generation. I want to cheer on the next generation. I want to love the next generation. I want to help the next generation. Be all that God's called them to be. Come on, raise your hand high. Lord, this is for you. So, Lord, I pray that you bless your people today, those, God, that want to help, Lord Jesus, the next generation become all that they're called to be. And then I also just want to say a prayer. Keep your hand up. If you would, just keep your hand up. I also want to pray for those today that would say, you know, I don't know where my life is going, and in a lot of ways, I'm not happy about where my life is today. But today, I've heard from God, and I believe there's better days ahead. And so today, I'm going to make a stand, and I'm going to make a statement to Jesus that from today forward, my life is in your hands. It's all about you, Jesus, and whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, it's in your hands, Jesus. And if that's you today, I want you to raise your other hand so you have both your hands up. If that's you today, raise your hand high, because I just feel that there's people that God wants to speak to and touch. Hallelujah. Lord, pour your blessings out on these people. We need you, God. We need your help, Lord God, as we go through this life. It's not easy following you, God, but we know the best is yet to come. And so, Lord, help us today.